Chapter Forty Six of The Legacy of Cain. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Warren Cotty, Gurnee, Illinois. The Legacy of Cain by Wilkie Collins. Chapter Forty Six The Cumbersome Ladies i cannot prevail upon myself to dwell at any length on the events that followed we secured my unhappy friend and carried him to his bed it was necessary to have men in attendance who could perform the duty of watching him the doctor sent for them while i went downstairs to make the best i could of the miserable news which it was impossible entirely to conceal all that i could do to spare miss jillgall i did i was obliged to acknowledge that there had been an outbreak of violence and that the portrait of the minister's wife had been destroyed by the minister himself of helena's revenge on me i said nothing it had led to consequences which even her merciless malice could not have contemplated there were no obstacles in the way of keeping secret the attempt on my life but i was compelled to own that mr gracedew had taken a dislike to me which rendered it necessary that my visit should be brought to an end i hastened to add that i should go to the hotel and should wait there until the next day in the hope of hearing better news of the multitude of questions with which poor miss jillgall overwhelmed me of the wild words of sorrow and alarm that escaped her of the desperate manner in which she held by my arm and implored me not to go away when i must see for myself that she was a person entirely destitute of presence of mind i shall say nothing the undeserved suffering that is inflicted on innocent persons by the sins of others demands silent sympathy and to that extent at least i can say that i honestly felt for my quaint and pleasant little friend in the evening the doctor called on me at the hotel the medical treatment of his patient had succeeded in calming the maddened brain under the influence of sleep if the night passed quietly better news might be hoped for in the morning on the next day i had arranged to drive to the farm being resolved not to disappoint eunice but i shrank from the prospect of having to distress her as i had already distressed miss jillgall the only alternative left was to repeat the sad story in writing subject to the concealments which i had already observed this i did and sent the letter by messenger overnight so that eunice might know when to expect me the medical report in the morning justified some hope mr gracedew had slept well and there had been no reappearance of insane violence on his waking but the doctor's opinion was far from encouraging when we spoke of the future he did not anticipate the cruel necessity of placing the minister under restraint unless some new provocation led to a new outbreak the misfortune to be feared was 
imbecility i was just leaving the hotel to keep my appointment with eunice when the waiter announced the arrival of a young lady who wished to speak with me before i could ask if she had mentioned her name the young lady herself walked in helena gracedew she explained her object in calling on me with the exasperating composure which was peculiarly her own no parallel to it occurs to me in my official experience of shameless women i don't wish to speak of what happened yesterday so far as i know anything about it she began it is quite enough for me that you have been obliged to leave the house and to take refuge in this hotel i have come to say a word about the future are you honoring me with your attention i signed to her to go on if i had answered in words i should have told her to leave the room at first she resumed i thought of writing but it occurred to me that you might keep my letter and show it to philip by way of lowering me in his good opinion as you have lowered me in the good opinion of his father my object in coming here is to give you a word of warning if you attempt to make mischief next between philip and myself i shall hear of it and you know what to expect when you have me for an enemy it is not worth while to say any more we understand each other i hope she was determined to have a reply and she got it not quite yet i said i have been hitherto as becomes a gentleman always mindful of a woman's claims to forbearance you will do well not to tempt me into forgetting that you are a woman by prolonging your visit now miss selina gracedew we understand each other she made me a low curtsey and answered in her finest tone of irony i only desire to wish you a pleasant journey home i rang for the waiter show this lady out i said even this failed to have the slightest effect on her she sauntered to the door as perfectly at ease as if the room had been hers not mine i had thought of driving to the farm shall i confess it my temper was so completely upset that active movement of some kind offered the one means of relief in which i could find refuge the farm was not more than five miles distant and i had been a good walker all my life after making the needful inquiries i set forth to visit eunice on foot my way through the town led me past the minister's house i had left the door some fifty yards behind me when i saw two ladies approaching they were walking in the friendliest manner arm in arm as they came nearer i discovered miss jillgall her companion was the middle-aged lady who had declined to give her name when we met accidentally at mr gracedew's door hysterically impulsive miss jillgall seized both my hands and overwhelmed me with entreaties that i would go back with her to the house i listened rather absently the middle-aged lady happened to be nearer to me now that on either of the former occasions in which i had seen her there was something in the expression of her eyes which seemed to be familiar to me but the effort of my memory 
was not helped by what i observed in the other parts of her face the iron-gray hair the baggy lower eyelids the fat cheeks the coarse complexion and the double chin were features and very disagreeable features too which i had never seen at any former time do pray come back with us miss jogall pleaded we were just talking of you i and my friend there she stopped evidently on the point of blurting out the name which she had been forbidden to utter in my hearing the lady smiled her provokingly familiar eyes rested on me with a humorous enjoyment of the scene my dear she said to miss jogall caution ceases to be a virtue when it ceases to be of any use the governor is beginning to remember me and the inevitable recognition with his quickness of perception is likely to be a matter of minutes now she turned to me in more ways than one sir women are hardly used by nature as they advance in years they lose more in personal appearance than the men do you are white-haired and pray excuse me you are too fat and allow me to take another liberty you stoop at the shoulders but you have not entirely lost your good looks i am no longer recognizable allow me to prompt you as they say on the stage i am mrs tenbruggen as a man of the world i ought to have been capable of concealing my astonishment and dismay she struck me dumb mrs tenbruggen in the town the one woman whose appearance mr gracedew had dreaded and justly dreaded stood before me free as a friend of his kinswoman to enter his house at the very time when he was a helpless man guarded by watchers at his bedside my first clear idea was to get away from both the women and consider what was to be done next i bowed and begged to be excused and said i was in a hurry all in a breath hearing this the best of genial old maids was unable to restrain her curiosity where are you going she asked too confused to think of an excuse i said i was going to the farm to see my dear eunice miss jogall burst out oh we will go with you mrs tenbruggen's politeness added immediately with the greatest pleasure end of chapter forty six recording by warren cotty gurney illinois